Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Nest, where Ox talk everything Archmere. I'm Zach Christie. And I'm Ethan Ferreira. And in today's podcast, we discuss the ins and outs of the drama club with Mr. Manelski. We uh, really had a fun time interviewing Mr. Mann, and hope you guys enjoy the podcast. But if you walk out thinking, wow, that was professionally delivered, I'm a happy person. That's because that's what I'm looking for, a professional product. Okay, so um, Mr. Mann, Mr. Manowski is our guest today. He graduated from uh, Millersville University with a uh, bachelor's in uh, secondary education. Secondary education and a double ma- double major in communications with a theater spectrum. And then he went on to Villanova University to get his master's of fine arts in theater. Um, he is currently the head of the drama club at Archmere. Um, and the director of both the fall play and the winter musical every year. Uh, This year's winter musical is Chicago, uh, which debuts on February 28th. And this year's fall play was Aristopia, which was also partly written by Mr. Manelski. Um, So Mr. Manelski, how long have you been been doing the drama at Archmere? Uh, I've been here for, uh, let's see, 16 years, and they gave me the reins to the theater probably by fifth or sixth year. Uh, and before that, I tried to do as much as I could. I did the Forensics Club for a few years just to stay in the theater. I did competition plays, uh, offered to help as much as I could with the current theater productions. But So I've been doing it pretty much since I've been here. Great. Wonderful. That's awesome. Awesome. So what are, your th- so what are some like, major things that you enjoy doing about theater? Is there like one specific thing that sticks out to you as super fun, or is it just like in general? Uh, are you talking about like the shows I like to do, or are you talking about more like, the, as like my job as a director? Just as a director more, I think um, we have a different thing about shows. Yeah, I, I, one of the things I love is, is allowing kids to, uh, watching kids shine in the things that they're good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always fun to see uh, somebody that's a good singer perform a beautiful song, like or, or tear down a house with a good song. Mm-hmm. It's also great to see somebody like a Kyla Mecca venue last year just make an audience roll with laughter because she's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to see uh, tech kids do lights and some of the things that you guys are doing with uh, for lights for the show and just see you guys kind of in the background shine mm-hmm. uh, with the thing. So that that's my favorite part about what I do as a director is on opening night, I sit in the audience and I watch and, and let the kids run everything. And that's that's my modus operandi and that's what my favorite part of drama is, uh, being awesome. the director is letting the kids do the work and, and they get so much more value out of that than me just doing everything. That's awesome. awesome. Um, I should really quickly add here that both me and Ethan are on the crew uh, mm-hmm. for the the play production, mm-hmm. uh, for the musical production in the, in the winter as uh, lighting technicians and I do get some tech and, and all sorts of different stuff with the booth and I'm also in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, the musical. Yeah, we're both well. dramatically involved except not with students because I don't like drama with students. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping the drama out of drama, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So, Mr. Mann, how did you really get into theater? Were you, um, as a kid, did you go to go to shows? What was your, what really got you into theater? I didn't get into theater until my freshman year of high school. Um, I, I did really weird theater stuff that I think about now. Like, I remember when I was like five or six, uh, 
taking a music uh, a music song like a music and turning it and trying to direct a music video with my brothers um, so I, I, I've always been inclined to theater but I've never really said that or even thought of that because I went to college or when I went to high school I was going to be a soccer player mm-hmm. um, uh, and then I tried football and that lasted like four days and um, uh, until I got hit by a linebacker really hard and it hurt oh. um, and I said yeah I don't want to do this so I was in English class one day and my, my good friend from high school turned around and said introduced himself and said hey my name is Matt. Hey, I'm Brian. Hey, we're, we, we should be friends. Hey, you should try out for theater. And I was like, ew, who wants to do that? Um, so I, like, I tried out for Annie, uh, and just the number of girls that were in theater was like pretty impressive. It was like, here I am with three guys and like 20 girls, and I'm like, I like the odds here. Yeah. Um, so my initial love of theater was like just getting in it to do something to occupy my time and, and kind of like a really weird reason to get into it. Um, but the thing that really got me was uh, my sophomore year, we went to Broadway uh, for a Broadway trip, like kind of like what we just did the other day. And I saw Fences with James Earl Jones as the lead actor in the afternoon. And I saw this musical about the French Revolution that everybody was talking about, but no one really knew. Wow. And what I didn't realize is I was seeing the original Broadway cast of Les Miserables. Wow. Um, so really I, cool. didn't want, I, I didn't want to see that show. I was like, who wants to see a musical about the French Revolution? And then after crying three times watching it, uh, I said, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, it was like a day that, like, will we'll change it. When you watch James Earl Jones live, if you see, uh, if you see the original cast of a show like Wave is a Rob, yeah, that'll kind of change your life. And that, that, that changed my life. I said, I'm doing this the rest of my life. That's what it is. Awesome. It's crazy. Um, so, uh, you said you chose to go to college. Was that a, that was a very clear decision for you? Was that, did that impact your choice in college as well? It did. Um, my parents did not want me to, because of financial reasons, didn't want me to go to a school outside of Delaware. They wanted me to go to University of Delaware and I didn't really like their program and I didn't want to live at home. So I kind of found Millersville. Millersville found me. Um, they just sent me a brochure one day and said, hey, go to Millersville. And I looked at it. It was just as cheap to go outstate Millersville was to go in-state Delaware. So I told my mom and dad, here, I'm going here. I didn't really even care if they had a pro- – I saw that they had a theater program. That's all I cared about. Awesome. So it was like a really another one of these kind of things I just stumbled into. But the great thing about Millersville is that when I went there, I, I realized right away that I suck at acting. And I'm not a really good actor because I didn't make the first three shows that I auditioned for. Mm-hmm. And then this student theater group uh, was looking for a director, and I said, oh, I'll try that. And so I auditioned for being the director, uh, and then I directed probably one of the better shows I've ever directed, which was this, Do Black Platinum Leather Shoes Really Reflect Up? Musical about being in a Catholic high school. Uh, And it's hysterically funny, a little too inappropriate for Archmere, but uh, it was a great show, and I did a fantastic job with it. And so then I was the student director for the rest of my career. Um, and, and I was in a couple of shows, but more of my career took off when I was the student director. And Millersville was great because it allowed for that opportunity. That's really cool. That's I know awesome. at um, the University of Delaware, they have some really great theater facilities at, at the University of Delaware, but they've never really had an ongoing, wonderful theater program that they've really kept going. They have the resident ensemble players, which I know my grandmother has a has a, a season pass to the resident ensemble, ensemble players theater at um, the University of Delaware campus, and we go to see those plays all the time. And it's a wonderful facility, and they do it well. But it's not very um, university based. It's not run by the university, and there's no there's, they don't have any major offerings that are are uh, really suited to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't really been involved in drama before I came to high school myself. I mean, I feel like oh, one of my middle schools went to the art in theater like once a year 
um, to see a show every now and then, and I really liked it then, but it, it never really stuck with me as something I'd want to do, and now here I am. So. Yeah, yeah, I just described to Arden, they do such great stuff there, they're mm -hmm. very inspiring as well, I can't see why you'd be inspired by their work. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the theater landscape in Delaware, and, um, and just like what a theater student might, might expect when they're coming into high school, or what, what something like, a, say, I, if I was a sophomore in, in high school, and I really, like, I, I participated in the, in the theater program at my school, but it really, like, um, I really wanted a little bit more. Is there, is there any options for, for people outside of that to go, or like summer programs that you know of? Um, I, I rely on the kids to kind of find their own stuff. I know that there's a ton of programs at, at local colleges. Westchester has a program. Uh, Bucks County has a program. Upper, Upper Darby Summer Stage has a program. And one of the things I, I encourage kids to do is, whatever it is, do something that's theatrical, that gets you in front of a camera, in front of an audience. So even if you're not doing like an immersive program, like going to London and being in a conservatory for two weeks, like some of our kids sometimes do. Um, like go write, get with your friends and write a script and and film it. Like any theater experience is a valuable theater experience. Whether you're in the chorus, whether you're just filming some a TikTok video for yourself or whatever, whatever little thing you can do to find out what works as a performer and what doesn't work as a performer, and to give you more confidence as a performer. Uh, is valuable. So summer stages are great, you know, because just you get more shows and that's great. Um, those programs sometimes allow for you to do tech and backstage mm -hmm. stuff, which is always valuable as well. But I think the biggest thing is just do theater. Just do whatever you can to be theatrical, even if it's just doing a uh, renting a space and doing a show with just you and your friend for a weekend. Like, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. Do something. Designing experience is valuable, I guess. Oh, yeah, every experience in theater is a valuable experience. Anything that makes you put yourself in front of a live audience and go, oh, that didn't work, or oh, I need to do more on this, or mm -hmm. oh, I'm not that good at this. You know, whatever it is, you'll learn something from it. Right. Also, a lot of people um, like want to go see theater, and they're really into theater, but they might not have the money to go to see Broadway. And yep. there are a lot of other options. You can go oh, see high tons. school theater. You can there's like uh, Delaware Children's Theater. There's tons of different options. Yeah, low end resident like, ensemble players. Yeah, yeah, even, low even, end like, uh, like People's Lights, Chapel Street Players Chapel Street in University players of Delaware. I did. I worked with them for a few years. Had a great time. Uh, even if you're going to see a children's show, grab a nephew, grab a niece, go see a children's show. You can learn from that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one step up is Philly has a great theater like you know vibe going. You know, not just the Arden but the Walnut. And then they have uh, Interact Theater, and there's like six different like smaller theater companies that are doing shows for 15 bucks, where you can see a stunning show that you never thought of before. Get on a Philadelphia listserv. Uh, they have a theater listserv uh, that you can get on that'll send you emails every day with people begging you to come see their shows, uh, and begging for an assistant manager, begging for a, a, a sound operator, uh, and you can get involved in local theater as well. That's pretty awesome. We'll head back to. Um uh, our Archmere High School theater productions now. Yeah, is there, first of all, is there a show that has been done here that you're particularly proud of? I just want to throw that out. Um. Yeah, I, as far as like shows go, like Laramie Project, I think was one of the more powerful shows that we've done. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very happy with that cast. It was an ensemble show. There's no like leads per se, uh, and the cast really bonded, and we told a really good story, and it 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 really sent a really powerful message. It was about uh, a, a gay man in Wyoming um, getting brutally beaten to death 
uh, in Wyoming and a story about what happened in that city that would make something like that happen. And it was powerful. The kids had, uh, like, we had days where we were crying, we had days where we were laughing, and we just, and, and we kind of got ourselves through the storytelling because we knew it was a story that needed to be told about inclusion and acceptance and those kinds of things. So as far as that's the kind of show I love doing, I love doing shows that have, like, a powerful message. And, I mean, Chicago's entertaining, and there is a message underneath of it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't mind doing musicals, um, but I really love doing fall shows that have a powerful message. Like, the drama, I think, is more my cup of tea i know i've um i've been less involved in the fall shows over the over the time just because it's a very hard time for me personally with, with you know sports and stuff um but a ton of of really amazing actors and actresses go and audition for these uh fall shows and, and make them amazing mm -hmm. i know for the laramie project it really stuck out to me was at the preview night or the preview day we have at archmere here on a tuesday during an assembly block um they explained the premise of the show and they did part of it and it was really uh it was really thought provoking and um uh impactful because uh Archmere kids are a bunch of rowdy teenagers like we get very loud the auditorium or the theater is very very noisy during those uh assemblies and after um the Laramie project it was just silent and yep. it was uh, you could tell that everybody really felt the 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 emotional and the, the actual impact of the show and I think that that's one of the things I'd like to teach my kids is that you can have, yeah, it's fun It's fun to be funny. Like when we did uh, uh, Peter and Starcatcher last year, that's a funny show. We had fun being funny. Um, but I think that there's so much to gripping an audience with a powerful message as well. Uh, I did a show, God, 10 years ago now, um, uh, called The Hiroshima, um, Mask of Hiroshima. Uh, and it was about um, the after effects of the Hiroshima bombing. And we did mask work and everybody was playing Japanese uh, dissidents and um, the the people that were affected, not just the people that died, but the people that were survivors of that thing and all the tragedies that came afterwards. And that was another one of those really powerful shows that the, the audience really appreciated. So those those kinds of shows are very memorable, very impactful for me as a director because it, you see so much growth and maturity from from these rowdy kids. And yeah. even even though those those shows are really uh, impactful, sometimes a lot of them don't get as much audience. Um, coming in to watch the show, which is you know kind of a shame because I know I think our most popular show was it Pippin or was it yeah. Adam's Family? It was Pippin where we had hundreds and hundreds of people coming in every night and, and they I really maybe the got one fifty, one eighty for Laramie, which yeah. is sad. And, and I mean, there's nothing against Pippin, but but Laramie was extremely emotional and it was a wonderful yeah. show. Um, so uh, I just wanted to ask: as there have there any been or are there any? particular challenges that come with high school theater like okay. what are what are some some of the you know more notable challenges that you have to overcome with high school theater as opposed to something like college theater mm. yeah uh mostly it's it's show choice like you know with a high school show i want to try to get as many kids on stage as possible so that limits the shows i can do um i can't do a six person show uh I, so I would have to do something that has a bigger ensemble cast, something that I can make sure I get as many kids involved because if I only ha cast six people, uh, I squash the amount of people I'm gonna try out in the future. So I have to keep doing shows that encourage people to be involved. Um, the other thing is budget. You know, I, I only have a certain amount of budget to be able to do a show that is eye-catching and, and like, you know, that'll make kids come to see the special effects kind of things and costumes and stuff, uh, which are all part of a good drama. So I, I lend myself, I tend to go to more plays that are 
easier to costume, easier to budget, rather than something that's high splash, because I know we can't afford the high splash. Yeah. Um, um, so it's cho show choice is definitely a limit at high school. And then just making sure that I have a balance of challenging my kids to do a piece that is not, that's easy. Like I don't like doing, I don't think I've ever done a show that's about high school kids. Like I don't want to do a show about high school kids being high school kids, because then, you know, what's the challenge? Like, you know, oh look, it's, it's, it's it's Alexis being a teenage girl. Like, like how hard is that? Um, uh, so, and, and when I do competition plays, I, I think the same thing. So I want to challenge my kids to do something that is a little out of their wheelhouse because that's we're still in an educational setting. So I'm always conscious of that, but also making sure I don't go too far out of their wheelhouse that it, it ends up embarrassing them because they can't play the difficulty of the role. They can't handle the maturity of the role. I was very lucky that the that I picked Laramie and the cast was very mature enough to handle it. Mm -hmm. There's a very good possibility that, not a good possibility, but there's a chance that the cast comes in and they're just like, ah, I don't get it, and then they don't put the effort, the emotional effort into it, and mm -hmm. then the show's a flop, and then you're taking a very serious subject, and it doesn't have the weight that it should, and then you feel like you're disrespecting mm -hmm. both Matthew, the person that died, and, and the story itself. Yeah, that's um, I know as a as a tech person, a techie, um, and I know uh, Ethan, you can kind of relate to this as well. Yeah. Some of the troubles with high school theater are just, you know, the infrastructure that's already here and mm -hmm. the, the, the challenges physically with getting everything done on the limited budget with lighting especially. It's very hard when you're working with an antiquated system or a system that's that's older because the problem is that hardware use. always needs to be updated otherwise you're not on top of it and you're working with like an old system so oh, it's yeah. just, just it's like just a everything. challenge to stay on top of everything like in all aspects not just the cast but like including tech including whatever theater renovations or stuff yeah needs and to if you want to use a little bit of budget to replace just a bit mm -hmm. like after a while you're just out of date right like yeah, if you right. replace two instruments this year two instruments next year then 10 years from now you're already like you, you have ten instruments, but exactly. you're you're twenty years out of date or whatever. So I know that none of that math makes sense. I'm not a math person, um, but but yeah, it's really hard to keep the stuff up to date, and I kind of rely on my kids to kind of help me with that. Right, and we're happy to help with that. Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I know uh, when I was a freshman here, we had the you know legendary stage crew, Helen Laster, uh, who was on that Krupa. Yeah. Um, uh, Emily, Emily, Jasani, Emily Jasani, and uh, uh, Grace Hogan. Grace Hogan. Oh my gosh, wonderful crew. They yep. um, they were, you know, made sure everything ran smoothly. You didn't know that they were there, which you know, I kind of have to admit that you always know I'm there when I'm when I'm <laughs> when I'm doing tech stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always very present. Um, but yeah, the amount of work that you guys are putting into it behind the scenes, that like you know, you're here today, going to be doing some stuff. Uh, Helen was always here late at night put doing lighting cues and things like that after the actors have long gone home. Um, sometimes the tech crew has to put in the extra effort to make those actors look good, and that's always a, mm -hmm. and that's, a fun part yeah. about being a techie. Yep, that's the passion for, for a lot of people, um, which is also really wonderful. Yeah. Um, we, we talked earlier, you and I talked about, Zach, um, kind of like there have been shows that have gotten like negative kind of like feedback oh, the, sort of the controversy, the so controversy some, sometimes some at Archmere because it is a Catholic institution we do shows, shows that kind of you know test the water what are your opinions on those kind of shows like do you do you like that or is it is it kind of it's a hard hard yeah thing I think to I think one of the problems is that if you're not edgy it's hard to get a teenage audience to come see it like if you're just doing some sort of milk toast vanilla show uh, kids won't be interested so you know sometimes I want to kind of 
test the bounds of of because I, I I'm I'm a South Park guy. I'm a Family Guy <laughs> yeah. guy. Like I, I I enjoy that type of humor. I enjoy satire. I enjoy kind of like the more uh, kind of adult type of humor. Um, so I kind of gravitate towards that kind of humor. So one of the things that I kind of have to be careful of as a as a director is I kind of lose touch with what what is generally acceptable to to a school audience. But I always lean towards the the more edgy stuff because I think kids will come see it. Like mm-hmm. again, oh, I know I know the edgy stuff for for the actors is is wonderful. We oh, love yeah. we love doing that, and we have mm-hmm. tons of fun. Even if it might not make it into the final production of the show, even if we have to cut it. Because you know, you know it goes a little says too far. It goes a little yeah. too far. It's always fun to do that at rehearsals and get the laugh from the crew and the, the yeah. The and that's why I tell kids is like like to go go as far as you want. Like let's see what what bounds we are in, and then it's my job as a director to kind of rein that in and kind of find that fine line. Um, you know, even for something like Chicago, for example, we're doing a Cell Block Tango, which is kind of a racy number. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so one of the things Alexis, the choreographer, uh, Rendell, uh, has been doing is a great job with the choreography. And I know I'm going to bring in a couple of adults to kind of look at the number and just to make sure that I'm not like going yeah, too far with right. what I think is appropriate. So, uh, yeah, there is a challenge on the high school level is that a lot of people have said that I should be on a college level because of the, the shows that I pick. Um, but I think that that's just a good challenge for high school kids to do. Again, it adds to the challenge, mm-hmm. you know, knowing your audience and knowing what's appropriate, what you can do. Um, and I know that we had some fun stuff in Adam's family last year that was kind of like yeah. tiptoeing right up to the edge of, of appropriateness. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe launching over it, but um, bit, yeah. yeah, but but it's fun, and and yeah. I want I want people to have a fun experience when they come to the theater and enjoy the material and take ownership of it and if it's just bland boring vanilla material then the kids might not take ownership of it and i think in the end it really matters what the audience walks away with and what the experience of the actors is because it's high school theater we aren't really making very much money with it we're making enough money to keep the keep the show going and um it's not really about you know having a, a an audience that that you know comes back every week because we're only doing it for two weeks yeah um so it's 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 easier for us to to accept that just because it's really about the experience of the kids. It's about it's the about passion. The... Everybody is so every drama club like friend that I have is incredibly passionate about the club. It's like one of their main focuses, um, and I'm just really like I respect that a lot. And yeah, and that's one of the things I do is I try to feed into that passion, mm-hmm. and and if the kids are enjoying it, then I'm enjoying it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is my job as an adult to. It is, yeah, and and you, you we do have to, to realize to that we do in. go to a Catholic <laughs> high school, which means we we have those limits on us, which which you know sometimes are hard. And to, that's the question I ask is mind. you know not not a what would Jesus do kind of thing, but but you know it, it, it would I if Father McLaughlin saw the show if 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 Dr. Marinelli saw the show would it be embarrassing them for them to watch? And if that the answer is yes, then I'm not doing it. But yeah. mm-hmm. for the most part, I think that they appreciate. And I've had a couple and, uh, of instances with the administration here where they, where I went to them and I said, "Hey, I wanted, I really feel passionate about this. I want to do this. I think the kids would like it." And they're like, "Yeah, that's appropriate. Like, go for it." And I, I know it's kind of edgy, but do it. And we actually had somebody um, who applied for a position here, uh, and while they were applying, they saw we were doing Laramie, 
and they said, oh, I, I really want to work at that school. I want to work at a school that's willing to allow their kids to do Laramie. Mm-hmm. And they told that to Mr. Jordan and, and to Dr. Marinelli. So, you know, and they were like, I didn't even know, like the administration was like, I didn't even know that was a, like, like what, what kind of controversy that would bring about. But the fact that they let us do it and people respected our school for doing it says a lot about like what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's, uh, you know, start to wrap it up here. Um, other questions too. We have the, um, Oh yeah, but we'll save those for okay. for the very end. Um, okay, so what what is the the most fun part of the high school experience for you? Is There's a like couple that? of things. Like one, I love the 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 process and watching click moments where you know you're you're doing a scene and then all of a sudden the scene comes to life for the first time in rehearsal and you're just like oh that's it that's that's exactly what i'm looking for that's the picture that's the moment that's the that's the feels i want the audience to have that's ooh you got it and then then an opening night to hear those reactions like there's nothing better to hear Mr. Johnson's cackling laughter when you've when you've executed a really good uh, joke and have a joke that you've been working on that you've kind of lost the the humor for it and then all of a sudden you're hearing audiences laugh about it Mm -hmm. and to have people in the audience afterwards come out and the best compliment you can give one of my shows is wow I didn't think I was watching a high school show wow that seems so professional or that seemed collegiate or whatever that's the best company you can give a show I don't care if you like the show or not there's good there's a ton of shows out there that you're not gonna you're not gonna like it and that's not something I control I'm not gonna make everybody in the audience like my show but if you walk out thinking wow that was professionally delivered I'm a happy person that's because that's what I'm looking for a professional product I respect that. I respect that. It is it is always wonderful, even for the students to hear that. It's one of the best compliments you can receive because no matter what the show is, uh, the the best is the performance. It's all about the yep. performance. It's all about the students that are performing it, and they they've spent all this time. Um, the techies have spent all the time going over cues and rehearsing it to a T to you know get it perfect. And to say that it is it is it looked amazing, even if you might not have liked the show is really a, a amazing compliment. Absolutely. I agree, and that applies to a lot of things, because it's like, any, like, the portrayal of anything is what matters. Like, if I just took a photo of a fire extinguisher, it would just be like, oh, boring fire extinguisher. But if you, like, add the right filters and get the right angle on everything, and it's just every, like, aspect of that that you don't consider from the raw image it makes the it makes the entire show so. yeah and that professionalism basically sells like you're saying like mm-hmm. i can take a picture of a of a, a fire hydrant what mm-hmm. how much effort did that take hardly none mm-hmm. but if you put the filters on if you put the effort the time into it a professional show shows how much work you put into it and how much right. effort and how much it how much it mattered to you mm-hmm. that that you put this show on correctly like if a, if a kid's peeking out behind the curtain at the audience in the middle of a number you know that's that's a kid that's yeah. showing that they don't they didn't really care mm-hmm. like they didn't they didn't really they didn't understand the process or understand the delivery of the story right. but if everybody's in sync from techies to actors to chorus and they're all on the same page then the audience knows oh they put a lot of effort into this and that and that's something that's of value to me um, and then to wrap kind of wrap it up here what what's something that you feel that Archmere could improve on to get to that next level um, I, I think there's a sense that it I don't think there's much we can do to improve because it's kind of built into the Archmere world I think the hardest part of Archmere world is timing getting enough kids to have enough part of their schedule to, to do it like oh, with yeah, homework um, stuff that they're doing outside of school sports 
um, uh, just because we do so much and we're such a diverse school as far as you know activities goes um, you know people leave here and go to dance classes and people leave here and go to jobs and people leave here and go to their hockey tournaments and people leave here to do all kinds of stuff like like to get everybody in the same place at the same time for an hour and a half to rehearse is really difficult and and I think that that's really the only thing we can do to improve is is just making these the kids have a little bit more time to be successful but I don't know if that's something you can fix at Archmere yeah no because it's it comes with the territory you go to a, a, a very competitive school we're required to take a sport um, drama doesn't count as a sport we're as working much as we want it yeah. to mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's it's you know time management is a very difficult thing somebody could be taking four or five APs and I know students that are taking four or five APs and are in drama and it's just it's difficult to manage because they have those four or five APs each one of those classes has its own homework and then they have you know cross country or volleyball or or a winter sport it's just you know might be conflicting with that and it's hard to manage the time Mm -hmm. we're kind of wrapping up here we have these questions Um, just a real quick like rapid fire just like rapid fire um, what's your favorite childhood memory? Um, <laughs> that's not really yeah, a rapid fire. That's question. not really a rapid fire question. <laughs> but, um, but we're ask I, 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 couple, I, you know, just um, my grandmother seeing me as Scrooge in Christmas Carol, uh, and just my grandmother had a, a refrigerator that she put everybody's uh, accomplishments on, like newspaper clippings, mm-hmm, and nice. it was always sports, like because mm-hmm. that's the only things in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the front cover of the newspaper when I was Scrooge. Uh, there was a picture of me, and and she moved everything out of the way, and put me right in the center. Uh-huh, and like wonderful. like that, it, it validated me as as a person for the first time in my life. I felt like oh, I'm doing theater. My grandmother appreciated. It. I made the mum mum fridge. That's very, really what it's. All I was about. very excited. Um, awesome. What's your favorite TV show? Um, I, I like talk shows because I like to, to hear people's opinions and kind of like the, the interesting dialogue of that. So I would have to say something like The Colbert Show. Um, I, watch, um, I, I watch shows like that. Uh, I, I, did, I was a Game of Thrones guy, so I was into the politics of that kind of show. But I'm not really a, uh, a television sitcom drama show watcher. You said you like Family Guy. And yeah, like I'll, yeah I'll watch comedy, I, I, don't miss, I don't miss Family and... Guy. It's also all wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. If you could only noise. eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you eat and why? Wangs. Chicken wangs. Chicken wangs. Preferably okay. Anthony's coal-fired chicken wangs. <laughs> but I'll take any wing. I, I haven't met a wing I haven't liked. All right. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh my god. Um, yes, because my definition of a sandwich is anything between two pieces of bread, and if you consider both sides of the bread covering the meat, that would be a sandwich. But too. but a, a hot dog has three sides of the bread covering the meat. Wouldn't that yeah. make, would that but not that make could, it a more taco? Of a sandwich? But that, that could happen. But sandwich. that could happen more even if you have a, a bun that was not fully cut. You would still have three sides. Okay, that's true. That that is a fair point. Um, is water wet? Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say one. no, because uh, it's the water that makes things wet, so the water itself is not wet. That, that, that is the correct answer. That is the correct answer. All right. um, I thought you were going to ask me a legit theater question, like favorite theater show we're or something. We're done with that. We've oh, through all those. Yeah, we've already gone through those. Yeah. Um, well, uh, if or my you favorite show of all time. Invite three um, people from history to dinner. Who would they be? Jim Morrison, uh, from The Doors. He's my favorite singer, and I, I, 
I toy with the idea that all the time I, I debate whether was he brilliant or he's just stupid and, and and he kind of was like able to tap into brilliant profound things just because he was an idiot and I'm, I'm hoping that he was just a profound thinker and not just a moron who stumbled into the the amazing lyrics that he has in his songs and in his poetry uh, I would love to meet Henry David Thoreau just because he's a writer and just that would be great to talk to him about transcendentalism which is something I'm kind of into um, and I don't know like there's like billions of people I'm, I'm a people watcher so I love I love figuring out how did you if I could talk to anybody and just find out how did you get to where you are now I, I could talk to anybody so I wouldn't mind but I guess Jesus Christ just because that would be a hell of an interview okay alright well I want to thank uh, Mr. Manelski uh, for coming on the podcast no problem guys yes. thank you Mr. Episode Man for number one. It was very enjoyable um, this has been the Archfair podcast and uh, we'll catch you next week thank you See you.